Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio of Tomorrow, your source for Tom King's comic run on Supergirl, titled Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired and ready to discuss and review Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six, which was written by Tom King, penciled and inked by Bilkis Evely. Colorist was, uh, or is, I guess uh, we could say, is Mateus Lopez and uh, Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Uh, so we are very excited to talk about this issue because it does have uh, a character in it that I think, uh, Morgan, we both enjoy uh, and is making uh, his uh, first appearance in this series. So very excited <laughs> the, to discuss the, it. The first time he said, hey. <laughs> 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 so we are definitely excited to talk about this one. But before we do that, we need to get to the news. So according to ComicCon.org, that's actually Comic-Con.org. I don't want you looking for the wrong website. <laughs> Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is nominated for Best Limited Series in the 2022 Eisner Awards. So the Eisner Awards trope trophies will be yeah will be presented in a gala <laughs> award ceremony to be held during comic-con on the evening of july 22nd this is very exciting i think it's very well deserved uh, i know we haven't gotten to the end of the, the series so maybe things will change uh, after <laughs> we, we get to the end but i think this is very exciting for a supergirl comic series um uh, because this one has been so good so far that we've gotten into and uh so i'm really uh, excited for them that they've uh, gotten nominated for this award. I don't, I'm not familiar with the other, uh, nominees no, in the category though. Neither am I. Um, but they look interesting. I noticed that, 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 um, that this is the only DC one too for the limited series. So that's pretty cool. Uh, obviously I'm really enjoying this run on the comics. So I like it from that perspective, but like from the perspective of being a Supergirl fan, I feel like the more, you know, this kind of stuff it racks up, the more it shows DC like, hey, maybe maybe another Supergirl title. These things are these things are getting us gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives uh gives Supergirl a, a little uh, uh bragging rights, I guess. And what a cool uh, respect on her name. I'm I'm hoping that maybe uh something like that, if it ever would have the chance to do this, but maybe uh uh, influence DC to put this team back together to do another series with the character because I think they've done such a good job and they were actually reacting on Twitter. Uh, I saw uh, Mateus Lopez and Lucas <laughs> Evely very excited about the uh, award nomination 
Uh, so I'm just really I'm thrilled for them, for for them, for the artists and the colorists, but also for Tom King for um, for bringing a, a story to the the universe of the character, the mythology of the character that I think is at least in some way accomplishing his goal. Because when we talked to him in our interview with Tom King, he talked about how one of his goals for the series was uh, to help <laughs> um, encourage DC to make more Supergirl comics. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that that, you know, the award nomination and the fact that it's been so well received, I, I hope that maybe that uh, gives DC a, a, a nudge in that direction. And I think it really goes to show that, like, you can tell great Supergirl stories and people want to read them and people want to, you know, give those st stories awards. Like, it's not like Supergirl isn't a character that has story legs on her. And I I think any little bit helps, especially because it seems like poor Supergirl will get like a book and then people will be like, wah, wah, and it gets canceled um, and she doesn't always have an ongoing title like some some other characters. So, anytime we can uh, we can get some uh, some extra juice for Supergirl, I'm always excited about it. But especially this run, like obviously we haven't finished it so far, but um, everything I've read so far, I've really enjoyed. And uh, just for the art alone, I it's, think it deserves to so win. Good. Yeah, uh, same here. I think the art. I mean, Tom King's writing has been very good, and it's been very somewhat emotional for me and we'll talk about that as we go through it but um uh and and even the way the the characters talked about i really appreciate the way that ruthie talks about supergirl um and the way tom king is uh has allowed supergirl to be really powerful and save the day uh because sometimes we're not used to that here on supergirl radio um so the writing has been very good but i will say the art is the best i've ever seen it in a comic book I, and that's not hyperbole that's just the, no, the it's truth. There, there are multiple pages where I'm like, print that out. That's a that's art for your wall. Like yeah. every, every issue has like a couple, uh, like several pages where I'm like, frame it. That's it. That's art. <laughs> yeah, and they could be small panels too. It doesn't have to be the big splash pages or the two pagers. It it, it can be like a small panel that's just like, oh, I wish that was big and I could hang it on my wall. <laughs> I feel I feel like there's like merchandising opportunities of like getting getting us wall art of the <laughs> How I can we get Supergirl riding comet on my wall? It feels right. It feels it does right. Feel right. <laughs> I wish I could I could give that to you for your birthday. That is what I wish I could, could gift to you. That seems appropriate. Um, but yes, yeah, so congratulations to the entire creative team of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. That's very exciting. And so uh, even if it doesn't win, which it should, it should, it's still a winner. I think it in was, both of our it hearts. was my favorite book on that list by far. <laughs> I've read none of the other ones, <laughs> but it's high praise, <laughs> high praise for a great book. So, uh, all right. So now that we've talked about, uh, the awards that it could potentially win, let's talk about Supergirl <laughs> woman of tomorrow with issue number six. So here is the description for Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six. It reads, quote, the traumatic secrets of Supergirl's past are revealed as our hero heroine races to the edge of the universe to escape Krem and his latest weapon. Is it his latest weapon or just like the weapon from last issue? <laughs> I don't think it's his latest weapon. And I had a lot of questions in the last <laughs> issue. And believe me, if he had a new weapon, I would have a lot more questions. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna like send Tom King like a long email and like <laughs> I, 
this is keeping me up at night. Tell me about the mortem <laughs> globes. Maybe we'll have to reach back out to Tom King and see if we can have like a post-mortem on Supergirl tomorrow and ask him all of our questions. All right. So the description, we haven't gotten to the end here. So the murder of young Ruthie's father has gotten his hands on a mortem globe and plans to use it to make our hero disappear forever. Can she save herself and the young girl's future in the process? She'll need the help of her trusty steed, Comet the Super Horse, unquote. So, Morgan. It's, it's the horse. The, the, the myth. The nay. <laughs> nay. The legend. Comet. <laughs> so, how, are, how excited were you that Comet the Super Horse was in this issue? I was jazzed. The only way it could have been better was if, like, when he ran up, he was like, hey, girl. Like, <laughs> Like, I think they missed an opportunity to to just have Kama be like, sup. As, <laughs> as, he, as he comes by, he's just like, no, nah, not, not, not much. He's just like that cool guy that you can like never get on the phone. He's like, oh, I've just been like really busy. He's got <laughs> sunglasses on for some reason. I just that's uh, I think Comet is just probably just the coolest horse around. <laughs> it did seem like they had a, an established relationship. Uh, so maybe they have a past. Uh, that we don't know about. <laughs> this issue doesn't really go into it. I, I, I guess, like, my questions about this version of Comet, because he 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 does come right away. Like, she's like, oh, if only I had, oh, there is Comet. And he's like, hey, girl, don't, don't worry about it. But, like, <laughs> is this Comet just a horse? I guess that was my main question. That is a good question. Or is he something more? <laughs> So Comet's been like a, a horse man in the yes. past. Mm -hmm. uh, Comet in Supergirl's history is very strange. And so I was wondering, I was like, is he a, is he a horse? Is he a horse man? Is, <laughs> we, we, we don't know yet, but I'm he, hoping that we'll he's see He's even more, more different in uh, Peter David's run. So <laughs> I've heard, I've heard about that run. Yeah. <laughs> I Sorry, cannot I, wait to read it. <laughs> I interrupted. What were you going to say? Oh, uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was so excited to see him. He looks gorgeous. He looks gorgeous. He's, he's been working on. Obviously, did his hair before he went out. Just a, <laughs> uh, such a main. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think if you're trying to outrun a a Mordu globe, uh, how how are you going to do it without Comet? I think that's that's the question, and the answer is you just can't. Well, I also, well, I also Krim, like, Krim's, Krim does say that no man or woman can outrun a Mordru globe. That part reminded me of like what is it like that line in like Lord of the Rings where <laughs> I am no man, I am no man, and he's like I am no man or woman, I am a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like be be careful what you say, Cram. There's always a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my questions about Comet, um, because the whole reason that, uh, like we just mentioned, that Comet comes in is because Cram uses a Mordru globe on Supergirl again, and she needs to outrun it, or she's going to be sucked into it and transported somewhere else. Well, uh, Comet comes in, whisks Supergirl up, and they try to outrun the Mordru globe. And uh, I'm, I'm not quite, I was a little confused on whether or not, I, I suppose they were successful. By the end of it, uh, Supergirl is able to sort of pop the Mordru globe so it disappears. 
And then they end up, uh, there's some beautiful pages, like the whole sequence, sequence of events where Comet is outrunning the globe is just, it's just gorgeous. And it so, ends so pretty. It ends with uh, some like rainbow like panels <laughs> and then it goes black and white and Supergirl references uh, here talking about the black and white place yeah do you do, do you have an idea of where here is i had no idea so this was the part i wanted to ask you about because i was like okay i'm totally on board comet's here comet to the rescue uh <laughs> we're we're racing through the galaxy sure okay he's running on that rainbow like a uh, like rainbow bright's horse totally down <laughs> totally down <laughs> I love be Rainbow Bright and Rainbow <laughs> Bright. I don't remember the horse's name, but I had Me that neither. horse. Oh my god! I have to be honest. Like as a child, that's I thought like that is the pinnacle of existence. Is if you <laughs> had a horse that could run on a rainbow, nothing could be better. And so Supergirl, in a lot of ways, got to like live out my my bliss in this issue. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, of course, of course, Comet can run on a rainbow. Makes perfect sense. And then suddenly <laughs> Comet, like, breaks through some sort of dimension, it seemed like. And he's in the AHA Take On Me video. And I just <laughs> yes. had, like, a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, pretty much what happens. It's so funny about Rainbow Bright. I did have that horse. No joke. Um, <laughs> so the only thing I can think of, and this would be uh, going on the list of questions to ask Tom King if we get a chance to uh, talk to him again about this series, is um, my question is, that, is that black and white place the Phantom Zone? Because oh. um, in the Silver Age, when they depicted the Phantom Zone, it would often be uh, shown in black and white. That's how they would show people in the Phantom Zone. So that's the oh. only thing I can think of, because it does sound like Supergirl identifies this black and white space as a like a place that they they had ended up in. Uh, and so the only thing I can think of is that maybe that black and white space is the Phantom Zone. Oh, I had no idea. She does talk about it as like, here we are. And as you know, in this place, like what place? <laughs> <laughs> it's not identified, but that's my best guess. And since Tom King did a lot of research, it seems like on Supergirl and, and is pulling from uh, the, some of her source uh, material and mythology, uh, for example, uh, the super horse uh, inclusion here. He seems to be uh, indulging in Supergirl's mythology and some of those Silver Age concepts. So I don't think it's impossible that it could be the Phantom Zone, but I'm also not 100% sure. Yeah, she says in what what I can't tell what page or panel I'm on if I'm being... Uh, you, don't, you, like, you don't have a location? <laughs> looks like... Loca she says in location 23. Okay, that, <laughs> that is helpful. She says, uh, magic is a tricky thing too, tricky for me sometimes, but I know this much, at least what works back there doesn't necessarily work here. And here is like bold it. And I was like, where's here? So I wonder where back there is. Is that a, yeah. is that a time differential? Would that have been the past? Would here be some, did uh, he did he like outrun the laws of like space time? Like maybe, he just yeah, maybe broke they out his, of the, the continuum. Maybe I mean I, it's not it's not unheard of in the Silver Age. They would often like on a regular basis uh, break the time barrier. 
And it would just be something, <laughs> it would be like they were running to the grocery store. They would just, they would just break the time period. That's amazing. Yeah. I really, I, I wish, I really like how kind of like things just happen in this run and like, it's not everything is over explained all the time. It's like comets here and like, they don't give you any background about suddenly she's just on a horse, like rushing away. Um, and it's not like, this is my horse comet. You'll remember comet. And then there's like an editor's note from like, you'll, you'll, the comet first appeared in like, they don't have that in this run. And I, I really like like the economy of storytelling, but occasionally I'm just like, where's here though. <laughs> like, yeah. where, where are we? <laughs> it's so interesting that we're talking about the time concept. I don't know if I can bring this up. I, I wish I had thought about this beforehand. I would have prepared some screen caps, but I don't yeah. know what this issue is from, but it sort of gives you an idea of what I am thinking. Uh, let's see if I can share my screen. So when uh, Superman or Supergirl or even Comet in the in the uh, Legion of Super Pets would break the time barrier, the way it was depicted had some colorful parts to it. So let's see if you can see this uh, image. I just kind of did a uh, an internet search of uh, DC Comics, <laughs> Superman, time traveling, Silver Age. Um, and so this is the panel that popped up. I'll, I'll try to bring some better uh, depictions maybe uh, next time we talk about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. But <laughs> but you can see that like uh, there's a there's a rocket. Time the rocket traveling. is just kind of traveling through concentric rings of time. And you can see different colors with the rings of time. There's an orange, a yellow ring, a pink ring, a red one, a blue one. Um, so that's that's how the Silver Age would often depict depict time travel is using those colors. So maybe here in Superwoman of Tomorrow, number six, the use of colors uh, leading us into a black and white space was maybe showing us uh, breaking the time barrier or putting us in a different uh, time of existence. I don't know. It's a deep thought, but, uh, but I think uh, both, but both theories, I think the Phantom Zone and time traveling, I think both add up for me. So I guess it's a choose your own adventure of what they, <laughs> what they did. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a really interesting thing they did and artistic, uh, artistically, it's just really beautiful and really well done. Yeah. I really, I really, really loved the way that they, they represent it visually. Um, whatever realm this was that they're in, uh, whether it's the phantom zone or they've kind of stepped outside of time, because I just thought it looked so it was such a cool representation. And like you immediately got you didn't know where exactly they were, but they were in some they were definitely in some different place. They go from sort of, you know, really heavy, saturated colors to suddenly like the colors are kind of spiraling and it's black and white. And then it's all kind of sketches. And it's it was just so, so pretty. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I thought was uh uh, a great choice writing wise and metaphorically. And I, I'll be curious about your thoughts on this, Morgan, but it seemed to me as I was reading it, that Supergirl was, there were, there were two instances of Supergirl trying to outrun something in this issue. There's the, the obvious uh, one with the Mordrew globe and uh, using comic, the super horse to help her do that. But then there's a, a series of interconnected flashbacks that are going on simultaneously with the, uh, I guess, the present day. I don't know if we're talking about time travel here, but uh, I'm going to say present day is Comet and Supergirl. And the flashbacks, or in the past, are the depictions of 
Krypton's explosion and then the narrative of Argo City and its ultimate demise. So I thought it was a really cool writing choice from Tom King to have two instances in the same story of Supergirl trying to outrun something. She's trying to outrun the Mordrug globe, but she's also trying to outrun the inevitable failure of the Argo City situation and the lead um, protection and the meteor shower that uh, happens, the asteroids that uh, uh, come and, and just lead to the destruction of Argo City and her having to come to Earth. So I liked the idea that it was showing uh, that she was having to outrun something in the past and also outrunning something in the present. Yeah, I really, I really like that. And I like that the way that sort of the art and the story really work together so well on this book. And I think, and they've done a couple of times where they kind of shift perspectives from like the past to the, you know, the present. And I thought that it really worked super well in this one um, because the story that they're telling in the, in the present is really simple. It's just, she's running away from a Mordu globe. And that's basically the whole story. Like she yeah. pops it and then she comes back and she's like, what now? Uh, <laughs> and also Comet is there, but the story that they're telling, <laughs> and he is fabulous. Uh, <laughs> but the story that they're telling in the past is like so crushingly sad. Yeah. It is pretty devastating. There's there's one panel, and I, I was going to talk about it in our art section, but there's a panel of Supergirl holding her her dying mother's hand and saying something to the effect of, I need you. And it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, but I think that's why I think Tom King really understands the character of Supergirl, and I'm sure there are Supergirl fans who are uh, probably hearing this or watching this and yelling at me in disagreement, but I think he <laughs> understands the differences uh, with Supergirl, if you compared her to Superman and why why those characters are so distinct and why Supergirl's backstory is so important and informs so much about her character and why she's so hopeful. And uh, so I really like that. And I really like the care that was taken in the flashbacks and even even showing that Supergirl was trying to be the solution to the problem. She wasn't just shown as a character who sat back and let her dad do everything. Maybe Zorel could have taken care of it himself. Maybe he could have done all the work. But she wasn't satisfied with uh, just sitting back and letting other people uh, help or uh, uh, resolve issues. She was taking care of the sick. She was um, pounding the ground to to nail in that lead protection um from the radiation she was she was active in doing things that were trying to help the situation so i liked seeing that she was a hero even before she put the cape on yeah i agree i i think the way that they told that story about i mean it's really a story about hope um and it's a story about hope like we usually get for Supergirl, a lot of stories about, you know, she's hopeful and she's giving those hope speeches to the camera. And this <laughs> is sort of a story about hope when like it things just keep going wrong and like yeah. hope even though there's maybe no reason to hope. And I think we we really see that, you know, after her, her mother dies and her world is dying and Krypton already exploded, but they're in this like sort of bubble city that's not doing so well and is you know there's radiation and she's like she's just going out there and she's just pounding those lead panels down and and i think it was just so heartbreaking at the moment when they have that meteor shower because they can't control where the bubble's going yeah uh and and all those meteors come and break up all the lead panels where i think there is they said that 
when Krypton was destroyed, like, I think it was like 18,000 people made it. And then from the, um, from the poisoning. Yeah. 13,000 of the 18,000 Kryptonians left, uh, were left in Argo city. Um, and they died from kryptonite poisoning. Yeah. So there was just so, so few people left anyway. And then they, they made it out of like five different disasters. And then to have, just sort of a twist of fate bring these meteors in and destroy the panels and now everybody else is going to die and and being able to keep hopeful in the face of that i think was was what really struck out to me it's like there's a difference between making the hope speeches on the you know on the tv all the time and then like really you know never giving up hope even when things t- like really turn against you and i think that was one of the things that her father kind of kind of embodied he was like you know even though not all of us are going to make it i'm I, I can send you away yeah car asks him is there hope and he says there is always hope for you and then he also says we will die you will live so i thought those were great lines and this is actually the uh you'd mentioned all the other bad things that had happened to her um during the time that zorel built the rocket supergirl um talks about how this is the third time that she watched, quote, the light of life fade around her, unquote. And I'm assuming that's uh, number one, Krypton's destruction, number two, her mother dying, and number three, the the asteroid storm that comes. So um, that is uh, devastating to know that she had to go through all of those tough things. Um, One thing that's uh, interesting uh, to note here, if uh, if you uh, read Action Comics number 252, which is the debut of Supergirl, in uh, comic book mythology, uh, you would see a similar story happening here uh, it depicted in the flashbacks of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six. Uh, they, in that issue, also put down uh, lead ground to protect them from the radiation. So Tom King is just paying homage and honoring uh, what's come before. And that's what I really like about this, Ron. It's like, okay, lead lead uh, protection from radiation got it uh, a super horse that flies possibly through time <laughs> and or into the phantom zone got it um so i really like that he's he's taking these aspects of supergirl's mythology and putting them here in a very meaningful way so i i, I enjoyed that so if you haven't already go check out action comics number 252 and you'll see a vastly different um the the kind of the beats are the same um, but the way that Supergirl says goodbye to her family is very different. There's, a, you know, at that time, they did not lean into the tragedy of it. They sort of kind of uh, skirted past it very quickly. <laughs> so this this issue actually leaned very heavily into what that meant for her to to leave. Yeah, that's a good point. I really like the way that the story seems to be informed by other things that have have happened in Supergirl comics and Supergirl stories, but it doesn't seem like it, it, it. Tom King's definitely taking his own spin on it. It feels very, very much like the story we're reading, which is kind of a, a gritty western in some ways. Um, and and Supergirl feels a lot different than she feels in other books. She's a little bit, you know has a little bit of a harder edge and I think, you know, she curses more, but it it, it does, it does really throw back to some of her, her earlier stories and just kind of puts a new spin on it. I really like that from, from Supergirl stories because I, I feel like sometimes 
um, people take the Supergirl and they're like, oh, Supergirl's just kind of like Superman, right? So yeah. we're just going to do her like that. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She's a little different. <laughs> she's also, she's got her own history too. You could draw a, nope, just want to get some Superman villains. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I, I think I, I always appreciate it when, when, you know, like Tom King is doing this or Sterling Gates and, and kind of gives her her own mythology back. I think that that's kind of, that's powerful. And I think, you know, usually we get the, um, you know, oh, Supergirl followed Superman and kind of story. And this really focuses in on like the tragedy of what she had to deal with, which is way worse than Superman had to deal with because she was, you know, she was a teenager when this is all happening. And I think the issue said she was 14. She was 14. Yeah. Which I think, uh, and I, I like that how he left that until almost the end of end of the story because it just really drives home like how young she was to see all of this tragedy and just the tragedy over and over and over again like Krypton exploding and then Argo City and then you know her mother dying and then and then the panels not working and then having to having to go to a a, a new planet and know that she's the only one who's going to survive and that survivor's guilt I think that the I like that the way that they really played that up and how that would kind of wear on you and how that's, you know, being hopeful in spite of that is its own kind of hope as well. Yeah. And the art even depicts that in some uh, places. Uh, Let's see if I can find it in my notes. (laughs) Uh, Were you talking about um, the uh, sort of the isolation of her being the, the only one who is going to survive this? Uh, I think it's on location 20, uh, there's a, there's a series of panels that's just Kara all alone by herself looking up at the asteroid storm. And, and that for me really puts, puts me in her shoes and helps me understand, uh, the necessity for her to leave. And even to the fact that it's, it's almost miraculous that zor even had the ability to create a rocket for her because, uh, the issue mentions that, oh, he just happened to have jor rocket plans so that she could leave as well. So, um, so I like that um, those set those sets of panels to show that she really is going to be the only one who makes it out of these series of terrible things that are happening and um, just puts her kind of all alone. And what what that would mean for a 14 year old girl in that time is is uh, quite something. Yeah. And um, I think she's alone a lot in this issue. Um, yeah. You see on. Uh, location, (laughs) (laughs) location 16, when they're putting down the lead panels, it starts out with, you know, a lot of people around her and, and by the end, it's just her really like, she's the only one who wouldn't refuse to give up on, on putting those lead panels down. And, and you even see it when the, um, when the asteroids start coming down, um, I think that might've been the same uh, location 20 is like the same one that you're talking about where, you know, you can kind of see when she realizes she's going to be like the only one who makes it. But even the most most of the issue is just her on comment, like running away. Um, yeah. So she's very alone. She's very isolated in this issue. And I think it really does give you an idea of like her, the, the depths of like what she's been through and also her loneliness, really. Yeah. And um, I think uh, this might sort of uh, I don't know if this is a good segue into this next question I had for you, uh, because there's some repeated phrases that I wanted to ask you about um, within this series. 
Um, because th- th- I think in this issue, one of them is she kept walking. And uh, that was sort of, to me, at least in my interpretation, my reading of it is that um, bad thing after bad thing after bad thing is happening to Supergirl, but she kept walking, but she kept moving. She didn't um, let that stop her from helping other people or um, picking herself back up even emotionally or physically, whatever it was, but she kept walking. And that's a repeated phrase um, throughout the issue. And there's also another one that talks about uh, Supergirl. uh, Well, I guess it's through Ruthie's uh, perspective and narration where she's telling the story of Supergirl telling (laughs) the story, I guess. (laughs) Um, And there's a reference to the blue and red, the red and blue leaves that uh, Kara would see on Krypton. And that was a thing that she kept thinking about as something, I guess, that was peaceful or familiar or comforting to her. And that that gets repeated throughout the issue. And then in um, the previous issue, when Supergirl is on the... uh, uh, the torture planet with the dinosaur monsters um, and, and, and that whole thing. Uh, Ruthie keeps repeating the phrase, let the sunset, let the sunset. Um, and so uh, I think even uh, they may have repeated be good. I don't know if that one was repeated or not, but there are several repeated I th- phrases. I think be good is repeated is repeated. Cause that's what her mother says to her when she's dying. And then, um, at the end, when her father is like putting her in the, no, I don't want to say a pod, but let's be <laughs> honest, this is a pod. And I think he says that to her as well. I'm trying to find uh, evidence of that, but um, he does. Yeah, he says, remember what your mother said, be good. Uh, as he puts her into the pod, which uh, like that really got me. I was like, oh, God, the emotions. <laughs> yeah, that's hard for me to read because that was actually um, when my grandmother died. Um, I did not get a chance to be in the room with her, but I talked to her over the phone and it was hard for me to hear. Like we knew this was probably it and we were in different states and uh, there was a man who was kind of helping translate what she was saying because it was just so hard to understand her. And uh, the last thing my grandmother said to me was be good. Um, And so uh, to read that in this issue was like, whoa. Um, So I was just curious about, um, Morgan, what you thought about the writing device of repeating these phrases. What what do you take from that? What do do you think it's trying to uh, move towards in the in the story? Why do you think Tom King keeps uh, doing that? Yeah, I think that's it's really interesting how like what he chooses to have them repeat. and I think he he does it really to to add emphasis and to in some cases in in like the stories to kind of bring it into like a more of a circle like a full circle. So in this issue, definitely like having having her mother say it and then having her father say it at the end is kind of like those are kind of the last things that both of her parents told to her. And I think the idea, <clears throat> the like the repetition of her like continuing to walk on is a really big thing about her characters like. She gets, you know, she gets knocked down, but as a Tumbawamba once said, she gets back up again. <laughs> <laughs> the immortal words of Tumbawamba. As the philosopher Tumbawamba once said. <laughs> no, no one is ever going to hold her down. Uh, <laughs> but I think that is such a big part of her character is like so many bad things have happened to her. And I think we really get that in this issue. And I found this issue to be really powerful in that regard, whereas like, one bad thing after another and it takes a lot of like strength to like get back up when something like that happens and just keep 
keep going. And I think that the repetition of like her keeping to like keep walking on is is very much a like a something I would associate with Supergirl is like that's what she does. She like she gets knocked down, but she gets back up again. Uh, now I want. Now I, all I want to do is listen I to Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> but that's very true, and I think. Um, and I don't want this to come across as uh, me saying that Superman is not emotionally is not an emotionally strong character. Um, but I think this is one of the things that I would say Supergirl uh, differs from him a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of stories where Supergirl is physically stronger than him or or actually faster than him. Um, but here I think this is showing that she she may be uh, in the last issue too at number five it uh, it. Uh, basically insinuated that Supergirl was able to uh, endure pain a little longer than Superman as well. So, <laughs> That's so, true. She's well, like, in your face, Superman. <laughs> so I, 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 selfishly, as a Supergirl fan, I, I'm loving this series because it's reinforcing all the uh, all the ways that Supergirl is superior to Superman. <laughs> uh, but I, I say that mostly in Jess, although a part of me is very... Uh, well, I shouldn't say part of me. Uh, but there is an element <laughs> to my argument that is very serious. Uh, but so I like that about this issue that uh, Supergirl is shown as a very emotionally strong character who can continue on uh, when she needs to. Well, uh, Morgan, are there any other uh, thoughts you want to have about or you want to share about the the story? I just I really enjoyed this one. It like it, it hit me. It hit me in the feelings. I, th- I thought this was kind of a, a beautiful story that they told about her her backstory um, and really lets you into the character. And I think I think there it's really a testament to how affecting I found it, considering that, I mean, we've all heard the Supergirl backstory a hundred, hundred times, <laughs> especially since it was in the opening of like every episode of Supergirl. Yes. Um, and and it still managed to like to hit me in this one. You know, it, 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 they, I feel like Tom King still found while while, you know, pulling from the source material he still f- managed to find kind of a different take on the the real tragedy of her backstory and and still made it really emotional even though we all know if you're a supergirl fan if you're picking up this book you probably know you know a lot about her backstory and i it's still still parts of that issue really got me and i was like wow that's really great storytelling when you can take something familiar and still make us care yeah, and he did it with uh, 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 I I don't know ease. I don't. It felt it felt <laughs> like it was just so easy the way he told it, and it was it was easy to read and and follow through. Uh, maybe the the time barrier stuff was a little confusing. I have a lot of questions on that. <laughs> but the too. actual but the actual flashbacks of it um were very um human in a way. Uh, you know, grieving over the death of a loved one, having to survive something. Uh, some of those things are very uh, human in nature. I don't. I don't know if <laughs> aliens would feel that too. Kryptonian aliens, uh, but that just shows how much of a human heart that she uh, that she had even before she uh, came to Earth. So I think the uh, leaning into and, and focusing on the emotional aspects of it, I think, really carried a lot of this issue. It, it was like, yay, come with the super horse, but also, wow, this is a very emotional story retelling of <laughs> Supergirl's <laughs> backstory that I, I really enjoyed. And this may be my favorite um, depiction of it now, uh, just because I think Tom King really did a great job in one issue 
to really go through a lot of time in a very short amount of time and be able to tell it with a lot of meaning. I've been thinking a lot because, you know, I've been asking the question, Morgan, what mm-hmm. is art? What and I'm is still, art? <laughs> I, I still, the, uh, the only answer I know is paintings of horses, of course. I but, mean, uh, so in a lot of ways, this one does. <laughs> In all, it checks off all the boxes. Is it emotional? It made me feel something. Does it have a horse in it? <laughs> check, check, check. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six is actual art. It is the definition of art. <laughs> it is paintings of horses. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, uh, I've been uh, learning about what, what people think about art and how to... Uh, look at it in terms of an analysis. And one of the things that I've learned from C.S. Lewis, who I've been reading a lot about what he said about uh, art and art criticism, uh, highly recommend his, ex- uh, I think his book is titled An Experiment in Criticism, I think is what it's called. And uh, the, there are a lot of things that C.S. Lewis talks about in terms of loving a story and wanting to reread it. One of the reasons that you do that, or this is his theory, is one of the reasons that somebody might reread something or rewatch a movie or rewatch a TV episode is because you find meaning in it. There's something in it that you find meaningful. Like it doesn't just tell a good story. Like you take something as a reader or a viewer, you take something with it. And I think this issue for me, it did a lot of that. It, it hit on all the fun parts of it. Um, and it, it hit on all the art, but it also made me reflect on, you know, my last conversation with my grandma Pearl and how, you know, I try, I try, I try to do that. I try to honor my grandma Pearl's, uh, advice to be good. So hopefully I'm, I'm trying to do that as much as I can. Um, uh, but like they, it had a person, I had a personal connection to Supergirl in this issue. And so for me, I found that meaningful. So, uh, I really liked this, this issue and the story that it was, um, was telling. Yeah, um, I think, I think this was, uh, I mean, I've honestly been enjoying every issue of this run, but I think this one was my favorite. Honestly, I, this one was definitely the one I went, Oh, like this, this one's making me feel a lot of things. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it was just really well done. And, and the story in some ways is so simple. She's, you know, she's being chased by a, a, a globe. We don't know how it works quite yet. Um, well, we do know that it required a lot of dead bodies. So Krim must did. have racked up another count. <laughs> Krem, uh, I think Stop that this killing might, people. Krem. This might confirm that he's not doing it just for the globes, though, because he he's he's just throwing them away willy nilly. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't seem to be like he's like he's not collecting them. Don't, don't worry, I got another one. Is like what, <laughs> dude? Come on. Stop. He needs to stop impulse buying these globes. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, like the story is like her running like being chased by something and running away and then the backstory uh but it was just such a beautiful i i think that the way that it was told was just so beautiful and and by taking the story in the present day and making it a lot simpler it really allowed it to delve into that backstory without being like an entire issue of like this is this is the supergirl backstory um and i i i think it could have gone another way where it was kind of like Oh, yawn, we know this. And yeah. instead it turned around and became like really emotionally affecting. And I think he really hit what's, you know, what is truly tragic about her story and, and all the loss that she's uh, encountered 
and how strong she is to, you know, to still, to still persevere in face of that. And I, I, I was so surprised about how much I loved this issue. Also, Comet. <laughs> also, Comet. Also, and Comet was there. So obviously, <laughs> I was going to like it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know there are some Supergirl fans who don't like the, 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 the gritty, like, um, more serious take on Supergirl where it focuses in on her tragic backstory, but I love it. I, I think it's, it's a great way to distinguish Herbert uh, from Superman. And it also gives her a lot of character depth. So I, I like this much more uh, than kind of the, um, I don't know, the, the plain Jane version of Supergirl where she's, ne- she never has any problems and everything is fine. Uh, I don't, I find, to be honest, I find that version of Supergirl, pretty boring so Mm -hmm. i i really like the um tragic backstory supergirl so this is kind of right up my alley uh for sure um uh before we get out of here since uh we've talked about how beautiful this issue is uh morgan do you have any favorite panels or pages i know there's so many choose from can i just be like the whole issue put it all (laughs) on my wall um (laughs) no i'm trying to find it so i think um a couple stood out to me one is location 10 um (laughs) where uh where supergirl jumps on comet and there's a couple of different views of comet like jumping in the air air and flying in the air and going this way and going that way. And obviously, you know, the sky is beautiful and the colors are beautiful. The colorist, I think it was Mateus Lopez, his, the work that he's doing on this book is just kind of insane, honestly, like the colors in all of, all of the issues are always so beautiful, but that panel, I think in particular, or that whole page in particular is so pretty and it um, shows uh, how fast and powerful Comet is. He is trying to dodge that mortar globe. Yeah, he is. He is like zigging and serpentine goes Comet. <laughs> he under, he understands. You ain't you ain't catching Comet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I also love uh, location twelve where he's like running right up into the air and mm. the globe is following him and everything is like very blue. I think you have that as the background uh, yes. of the live stream, but that mm-hmm. I thought was such a beautiful, uh, such a beautiful panel. And I- I'm just going to keep saying comment ones because uh, my God, <laughs> we don't, majest- we don't have a lot of opportunities. What a majestic horse, right? <laughs> that, that is, that is a good horse right there. Um, so, so location 14 where he's running across, the sun like that now that's a cool panel yes. right there and i think it's also uh, you know above that that part of the panel is her saying goodbye goodbye to her mother so it's like very emotional and then you just have a horse like running across the sun which is just <laughs> fun so it, like t- it takes you back a little bit you're like oh man this is so tragic oh look at comment though he's doing a great job <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the highs I, and lows in that in that page. <laughs> I really liked the use of Comet in this one. And I, I like that panel that you mentioned of Supergirl and Comet flying up into the blue uh, sky or space. Um, because I like the, the use of motion there. Uh, I can definitely tell they are super speeding. Uh, you can see the the cape uh, sort of dragging as it gets longer. So there's there's speed that's happening there, and they're in an upward motion. So they're really I, I can sense that there is a real struggle to get away from this globe. 
So I really like the use of uh, motion there, even, even in addition to the color. Um, I guess the thing that I haven't uh, mentioned yet is location 15. And this is a very uh, superficial uh, <laughs> thing that I want <laughs> to point out. So on location 15, well, I guess all of this sequence in the flashbacks, um, Supergirl is wearing this costume. Or it's not really costume, it's just her Argo City clothes. Um, but I like that it uh, foreshadows her Supergirl identity. Uh, there's a She's wearing a red, long... Uh, red jacket and what looks like maybe blue pants and she also has oh, yeah. boots on and so uh, she's she's sort of evoking Supergirl with not uh, meaning to and I just really like that and I know it would be a very obscure thing to cosplay but man would that be a cool <laughs> cosplay that outfit. really would though um, I think that would actually also make just a good Supergirl costume if they wanted to go in that direction too so I, I really just on a superficial level really liked that look for Supergirl. So uh, I thought that was really cool. And also she's like using a hammer uh, and swinging a hammer and, and really helping the the citizens out uh, in Argo and putting in the effort. So I don't know. I really like that out of Supergirl. So in addition to all the other things that we talked about, that was uh, one of, one of my favorite panels in the issue. Yeah. There's just, uh, there's always so many good ones to choose from in uh in this run, it's it's like the art and the and the color are so good in in this run. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I can pick a couple favorites, but the whole thing, the whole yeah. thing is my favorite. <laughs> I really wish they had prints of this series. Right? I would, I would frame them. They are really good. Well, uh, I guess we kind of already maybe talked about our overall thoughts, but if you had to wrap it up in like ten words or less, uh, what would you say? I would say backstory sad, Supergirl, uh, hopeful, comet cool. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, I guess I would say uh, beautiful art, meaningful storytelling, uh, uh, sophisticated. Um, no, I, I would say sophisticated storytelling. It, or meaningful and sophisticated storytelling. I guess I would uh, combine those two phrases. So that's uh, what I, I don't know how many words that was, but, <laughs> but I, feel I, think, like, I think you're good. <laughs> I feel like we got it there. All right. Well, I think that's uh, going to do it for uh, our thoughts on Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, number six. If you haven't bought it yet, uh, you might want to get it at your local comic book shop because it's very difficult to read it digitally. Uh, <laughs> Support but... your local comic book shops. Your eyes will thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, continually complain about the new comicsology because why is it so bad? But if you want to buy it digitally and you want to take that chance and your eyes are better than ours, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six is available uh, uh, in addition to your local comic book store at uh, Amazon, uh, Kindle, Apple, iBooks, Barnes and Noble Nook Comixology, which I guess is now part of Amazon. I maybe <laughs> should revise this section of our Google Doc, uh, but also on Google Books and Read DC. Um, so that is going to do it for our uh, discussion of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six. So I think we need to get to some Supergirl radio 
and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say fuck. And uh, so I totally spazzed and didn't realize I did not come uh, bringing suggestions on DC TV <gasps> podcasts, a yes. or designs <laughs> that you could check out. But we do have an assortment of comic book related uh, T-shirts and mugs and stickers. So if you're into DC Comics, you can find uh, a lot of stuff in there. We also have some Supergirl things in uh, the T Public store as well. So if you like Supergirl and uh, you want to, you know, uh, take something to your next convention, I think convention season is kind of in the swing of things. So if you need some new merch, yeah. hit up the T Public store. And you know what you sometimes do at conventions? Sometimes you sit down, you play a board game. Do you want people to know that it's game night? <laughs> Is that what you want? Because guess what? We have a game night t-shirt. And I know this personally because because Kat and I won. <laughs> Not bragging or anything. But anyway, <laughs> Rebecca so very kindly uh, sent Team Mermaid uh, Supergirl Radio game night t-shirts. And I cannot wait to wear it for our next game night. So I can like reprise my victory. Oh, <laughs> Team Werewolf really needs to pull the next one off. <laughs> uh, we just recorded with um, with the hosts of the Naomi podcast uh, for DC After Dark. Spoiler alert to the plugs in the future. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's another member of Team Werewolf, but uh, Team Mermaid oh, did did go up by one. We're still lagging behind by <laughs> most, but but. <laughs> Coming Team, back around. Team Mermaid is really good at game night. So we're going to, uh, Team Werewolf is going to have to up our game on that. But yeah, you can uh, check out the Supergirl Radio uh, Game Night Collection. We have a series of designs there that you can pick and choose from. Uh, so I'll, I'll be wearing uh, mine to the next uh, Supergirl Radio Game Night, which we'll maybe have in the future. Uh, don't have a date set yet, but have a concept ready. 
uh, it's kind of hard to play games over uh, the interwebs. <laughs> so we have to find uh, ways to do that. So, But I think I have an idea for uh, the next one that we do. So definitely check out the Supergirl Radio Game Night Collection at in the uh, DCTV Podcast T Public Store. And we would also like to take this moment to thank our uh, Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, and Ethan. If you'd like to become a, a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can visit patreon.com slash supergirlradio. We have four tiers of monthly membership, and we appreciate you helping uh, to support the podcast. Uh, uh, lately, Morgan and I have been talking about uh, one of our favorite shared interests, uh, cults. Uh, so um, I don't know if Morgan wants to catch up, uh, but I did watch Wild Wild Country. Oh, and so. I, I watched The Way Down. Don't you worry. I, 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 think, I think you can tell like the friendship of the that's developed over this podcast by the fact that we we swap cult documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> like like you go somewhere and everybody brings like a potluck but we just bring cult documentaries <laughs> to watch <laughs> i also uh started re-watching the vow because I, I just got in a cult mood uh, <laughs> nice so- i never finished that one so i feel like i gotta dive back in you never I got finished to the, the vow i got to the end of the way down and it sounds terrible but i was like man i wish there was another good cult thing i'm like super into cults right now <laughs> <laughs> so i think i just gotta dive back in and and yeah, finish, pick, yeah. Pick it back up. I think uh, the Val could maybe have a season two. I think uh, it's, it's. I feel like they were angling for a season two. I hope there is one. Uh, lots <laughs> more story to tell. Also, just FYI in the chat, uh, <laughs> Michael says Team Werewolf. <laughs> so I just wanted to put that. Uh, I put uh, that up there. <laughs> I'm betrayed in my own home. <laughs> I wish I had the uh, sound effect. I don't know that I have. Do I have Team Werewolf in here? No, I don't. I should always just keep that on the on the ready. The uh, the sound effects were one of my favorite parts about the uh, the bracket. <laughs> I should put that back in here just in case we ever have to uh, bring out the howling. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to do that in the future. Um, yeah. So uh, we we occasionally will talk about cults on the Patreon. So if you're into that, please support us at Patreon.com/slash/SupergirlRadio. If you also want to keep up with me personally, you can check me out on several places. I'm on the uh, social media platform Vero uh, at Derby Kid. Uh, Recently, I've uh, been trying to listen to some... uh, Songs from the Muscle Shoals area of Alabama are recorded oh. at the Fame Studios recording studios um, because I recently, uh, eh, kind of recently uh, this spring, took a trip over there to uh, tour the Fame Fame Studios there. And I've been in a real Muscle Shoals mood. And I, I got to tell you, I'm digging the music. Uh, Etta James, so good. I really had not taken the time to listen to a lot of Etta James other than the occasional at last that would pop up on a wedding reception. Of course. But Etta James, my new favorite artist. Uh, but you would know that I've been listening to those kinds of things. If you had uh, followed me on uh, Vero at Derby Kid, 
I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kidway, where I will take pictures uh, when I travel and do things. And you'll you'll see that I recently went to Monroeville, Alabama. My family and I are trying to go to all the Alabamian places we've never been to, all the really famous places maybe we should have been to and we <laughs> never have. Um, so uh, Monroeville, Alabama is famous for being the hometown of Harper Lee, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. And they actually do um, stage performances of To Kill a Mockingbird, and they will do it in the actual old Monroe County Courthouse. So it's really cool the way they do it. So uh, we finally got down there and uh, saw the play and experienced Monroeville. So that was really fun. So you'll see some pictures of that from my Instagram account. Also, I'm on YouTube. You can see my uh, personal YouTube content there at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I've been taking a couple weeks off from my Batman v Superman critical reception uh analysis uh analyses live streams just because i've been out of town doing some things so my apologies for the delay but i'm gonna try to kick that back up next week uh because i'll be out of town again uh so so i'm really busy this time of year so hopefully i'll get back to that because i still have quite the long time to go before i finish that project so the more i get back to it the quicker i will finish it uh but yeah those are the places that you can find me on the internet Nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. Uh, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We're still we're still working through the stages of grief. I it think it takes some time. <laughs> we had our live call in show. Um, which thank again, thank you for showing up. First off, uh, if you want a Supergirl, if you want a Supergirl radio uh, crossover. <laughs> If you will, <laughs> Rebecca showed up to our live call-in show, and, and and then just kind of built built us up, made us feel a little bit better. We were, <laughs> we were a little down in the dumps, and she was like, "Look at what you guys have done." And we were like, "Yeah, look at what I've done." <laughs> well, thank you for letting me uh, take a, a few minutes of your time, even though I've never actually watched the show. I felt like I was intruding on someone else's time, but it sounds like it, was, uh, it seems like y'all had a, a lot of people show up. Yeah, I think one of the not to not to spoil the call in show, but we had a a really cool moment where we had somebody call in, um, I believe from Mexico, and another um, another caller was coming in at the same time, and and we were struggling because we don't speak Spanish. It's been since high school since I've taken it, so unless we're going to the library, I'm no help at all. Um, and the other the other listener actually spoke Spanish and then translated um what what the legends meant to our our spanish speaking listener oh that's so cool and it was just such a cool moment we also had um one of our one of our great listeners call us in from from uh like scotland and it was like 2 a.m there uh <laughs> respect fiona um <laughs> so we just had a, a great time and we've got some some fun stuff planned for the for the summertime um Hi, I was going to say hiatus, but it's, oh. it's now I used to joke about the forever hiatus, but in in fact it is now. No, um, gosh. but we've got we've got some more fun stuff uh, in the works, so definitely keep keep listening. Stay stay legendary, please. Um, and then for DC TV After Dark. I so rarely have updates on this one, but it's exciting <laughs> because we actually recorded this week. So we're going to have uh, Nate and Brittany on, um, or I guess we did, from the Naomi podcast, which, again, another sad one was recently canceled, I think, like a day or two before 
they showed up on the podcast. So we were like, oh, I guess we're going to have to change what we talk about. It's going to be yeah. a different kind of different kind of conversation now. But um, but they were great. And we had a lot of fun. We did all of our, you know, inside the actor's studio questions and, and stuff. It was it was a, a fun time because this is the first time we've had more than one person on um, at once. So oh, yeah, that's that's so we're trying time. to we're trying to stick to our, you know, every other month schedule. And I know this is only number two, but so far so good. And I'm proud knocking, of us. Knocking it out of the park. I am, I am proud of us. It. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I'm excited to uh, listen to that and see what uh, what they came up with in terms of their answers. I'd be very curious and uh, about your conversation about maybe canceled uh, television shows. I, that would be a really interesting conversation to check out. Uh, all right. Well, I think that is going to do it for Supergirl Radio here. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, have to call it... Uh, 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 the end on this one. Um, but, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope that you'll check out Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and keep supporting Supergirl Comics. McGurk! I love not typing. mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.